Normal broadcasting has been discontinued. Coming to you from Portland, Oregon. The sports business capital of North America. Keep your radio tuned to this frequency. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Now, your host. I tell you, I've never seen anything like that guy. Brian Berger. Thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. In segment three, Yahoo Sports NFL reporter Charles Robinson will join us from Falcons training camp in Atlanta. We're going to discuss everything Mike Vick from his legal issues to his banishment from NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. He's in the doghouse, I guess pun intended, with Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons. We will catch up with Charles Robinson in segment three. In segment four, Rick Buecher, ESPN's NBA insider, is going to join me to discuss the Tim Donaghy gambling allegations and one of the darkest weeks in the history of the NBA. A couple of other notes, visit our new and improved website at sportsbusinessradio.com. Listen to SBR On Demand, just go to sportsbusinessradio.com and click on the podcast page. Well, there are several major sports scandals making headlines this week. To some of you, these scandals are shocking. To others who are more cynical like me, these scandals are just part of the world that we live in today. I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. There's no Santa Claus. There's no Easter Bunny. And sports is no longer pure. That's right. The sports world that we live in today is not the same sports world that our parents grew up in. From the Tim Donaghy scandal in the NBA to the Mike Vick dogfighting probe in the NFL to the latest doping allegations in Major League Baseball and with the Tour de France, the sports world is tainted, and as long as money is the driving factor, it's going to continue to be tainted. Sports is entertainment. It's a business. It's not authentic anymore. It doesn't matter, though, because Major League Baseball has seen record crowds at ballparks And that sport has been polluted for the last 20 years. Listen, Barry Bonds, Britney Spears, they're entertainers. Mike Vick is every bit the train wreck that Lindsay Lohan is. LeBron James is spending more time hosting the ESPYs in Saturday Night Live than he is working on his jump shot. Nathan, the sooner we can all grasp that sports is entertainment and it's not pure and authentic anymore, the better off we'll all be. Well, sure, and it's unfortunate because there still are a couple athletes out there that kids nowadays, and, and we can look up to, Steve Nash, LaDainian Tomlinson, guys that are doing good for their sports, their community, but they're overshadowed every single week by these Michael Vick allegations, by the Tank Johnsons, by all the stuff that's going on in sport. It really is unfortunate. Well, and I've got some solutions as to how we can do some things to clean up the sports world. Read my sports business blog at sportsbusinessradio.com. We have a load of headlines coming up. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Right now, he's probably slow dancing with a beach blonde tramp, and she's probably getting thirsty. This is Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. I know many of our listeners dream of a job in the sports industry but don't know where to begin. To me, it's an easy call. Go where sports business education got its start, at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. As the first business school in the country to offer undergraduate and graduate programs themed around this multi-billion dollar industry, the Warsaw Center offers a unique blend and strong general business training, sports business curriculum taught by industry experts, and rich out-of-classroom experiences, including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. 
With a strong industry and alumni network and a staff dedicated to accelerating your career, the Warsaw Center has a proven track record of placing students in teams, league offices, corporate sponsors, marketing agencies, sports media, and sports shoe and apparel firms. But like any elite team, there's only a few spots on the roster. To learn more, visit sportsbusinessradio.com for a link to the center's website. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center. Passion, integrity, and leadership in sports business education. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. It's time for this week's Sports Business Radio headline sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Visit warsawcenter.com for more information. Headline number one, NBA Commissioner David Stern held a press conference on Tuesday to discuss allegations uh, with Tim Donaghy, the referee that went rogue, Nathan. And, you know, he's the only commissioner that I can think of that would have even had the guts to have a press conference and take questions afterwards. I thought, you know, as a publicist, I thought he got an A-plus for his performance. And one of the things I was looking for was – is he going to come in as the arrogant David Stern, high and mighty, flippant, uh, short with reporters, or is he going to show some remorse, and he showed some remorse? I have been involved with refereeing and obviously been involved with the NBA for 40 years in some shape or form. I can tell you that this is the most serious and situation and worst situation that I have ever experienced either as a fan of the NBA, a lawyer for the NBA, or a commissioner of the NBA. And we take our obligation to our fans in this matter very, very seriously. And I can stand here today and pledge that we will do every look back possible to analyze our processes and seek the best advice possible. So we're going to catch up with ESPN NBA insider Rick Buecher in segment four for more on this. But Nathan... You know, really, unless this thing gets more widespread and we find out there's more officials involved, maybe a player or two, I don't think it's as dark as many people are making this out to be. Well, yeah, but for years I've heard rumors about referees and, and, you know, making calls so that they don't cover the spread in college basketball and other sports. There's always been rumors about it. I find it ironic that not long ago we're debating about whether Las Vegas should have an NBA team. Well, this may change things. Well, it'll be interesting, uh, you know, Some people argue that Las Vegas is the safest place to have a team because they regulate gambling better than anyone else. It remains to be seen. I think the perception you bring up a good point is if there's gambling in your league in the same sense, I don't know if Las Vegas is the best mix. We will keep our eyes on this. It's a growing story. And again, we'll discuss this more with Rick Buecher in segment four. Our next headline Michael Vick pleaded not guilty on Thursday to federal dogfighting charges and was released without bond until a November 26th trial. The Falcons quarterback and three others entered their pleas in U.S. District Court to conspiracy charges involving competitive dogfighting, procuring and training pit bulls for fighting, and conducting the enterprise across state lines. Federal prosecutors say that the operation known as Bad News Kennels was run on Vic's property in Surrey County. Now, this is the big news here with this, Nathan, is that... The federal indictment is there's probably going to be another federal indictment. It's called a superseding indictment. We could see this in the next few weeks. 
and it could be more allegations and penalties for Vic and his friends. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Vic, but, you know, congrats to uh, Goodell. He again steps up. We talk about David Stern being a fantastic commissioner, and I think Goodell, since he's been in for a year, has done a fantastic job, and they're really going after Vic here. I don't know if we'll see him play anytime soon, regardless of what happens. Well, I can tell you this. Arthur Blank, who is the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, this is a guy who owns Home Depot. He does a lot of work for charity. He was clearly fed up at the press conference this week in Atlanta. The notion that anyone would participate in dogfighting is incomprehensible to me. He's gotten a lot of pressure from fans, and he was all set to suspend Mike Vick for four games before Goodell stepped in and said, listen, we need to just banish him from training camp. We don't need that circus of Vic at training camp and the media around every way, every day. We just need him to go away. Again, we're going to discuss this topic in much more detail in our next segment with Yahoo Sports reporter Charles Robinson. Our next headline, Barry Bonds, the home run chase continues. Uh, this has been a game of he loves me, he loves me not. First, Bud Selig says I'm not coming to the games. Then he comes to the games and Bonds decides I'm going to sit these games out. Now, this weekend, we've got Hall of Fame inductions for two of the cleanest, classiest guys to ever play the game, Tony Gwynn, Cal Ripken Jr. Nathan, how ironic will it be if Bonds breaks the record this weekend and overshadows the Hall of Fame induction of uh, Ripken and Gwynn? Well, it'll be just like we talked about in segment one. All these bad controversies are overshadowing the good athletes, the athletes that we want people to look up to, we want our kids to look up to. So it will be incredibly ironic. But, you know, I don't know if there's anything you can do to prevent it at this point. Speaking of scandals, and we've talked about this one a lot. Two years. The Tour de France. This thing is either the dirtiest sporting event in the history of sports where everybody cheats or the people running the Tour de France doing the testing really have it in for these riders. I can't figure out which it is, but Tour de France leader Michael Rasmussen, he was removed from the race on Wednesday. He was looking like the guy who was going to run the, the, win this whole thing, but he was removed by his RoboBank team for lying about where he was training. There are several other people that have been removed from this race. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm a cycling expert or I understand the Tour de France. All I know is that anyone who's been leading this race so far has been removed and is being banned for like two years. Well, yeah, I can't sit there and watch cycling and not assume that every single one of the guys I see on television is not cheating. Now, Major League Baseball, there's still some guys I don't think are cheating. Cycling, I assume everybody is guilty until they prove me wrong. Well, as I've said on my blog many times, we need to go get Victor Conte, this Arnold guy who did the cream and the clear, and we need to go get these Spanish scientists and the good guys need to hire the criminals because then they will finally understand these tests and how to stay ahead of the bad guys. We don't have that yet. Our last headline this week, a sad note, Wake Forest head basketball coach Skip Prosser, who also coached at Xavier, collapsed and died while he, while he was jogging uh, on Thursday. Prosser was 56, really a popular coach, not only uh, at Wake Forest, but throughout the coaching community, a very sad loss for college basketball and sports in general. Coming up next, Charles Robinson, the NFL reporter from Yahoo Sports. We are going to go inside everything Mike Vick this week. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back.
Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. My guest is Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Let's go back to the year 2000, the year before you bought the Mavericks. They were 40 and 42. Fan interest was pretty lukewarm. When you bought this team, what did you see in this team? What was the potential that you saw to get them to where they are today? Probably none. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. I think the reason why we have a BCS-type system in Division 1A and elsewhere we have playoffs is that the schools in Division 1A feel that the regular season is the most important aspect of football. Read the Sports Business blog and listen to SBR On Demand at SportsBusinessRadio.com. See, I think that's the big thing. Sports Business Radio, Saturday. <laughs> Or online at sportsbusinessradio.com. For an in-depth analysis of the week's PR nightmare, Sports Business Radio presents Caught in the Crosslights. Crosslights. My guest is Charles Robinson. He's Yahoo Sports' NFL reporter. Read his work online at yahoosports.com. Charles, thanks for joining us. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So you spent some time in Atlanta this week, and obviously big news, big headlines this week. The Mike Vick dogfighting probe is going on. Give us the mood in Atlanta this week. Well, you know, I, honestly, it's it's getting to be, uh, I think if you look at NFL cities, uh, you know, across the country, this is probably the most volatile I've seen in NFL City in quite a, quite a while. I mean, even, even when T.O., and and the Philadelphia Eagles were going through that mess, and you right. saw the fan base fracture there. I I have never seen um, fans pitted against each other the way they kind of have been in Atlanta. I mean, it's you. It almost seems like a fifty percent split. You've got half the fan base that you know thinks enough is enough with Michael Vick. It's time for him to move on. It's time for this team to move on. And then you've got the other half that says, Hey, you know, don't convict him. Let this guy have his day in court. And, you know, we bought our tickets to see Michael Vick, and the last thing we want to do is, is see him, you know, sort of fall off the map with this team. So it's, uh, it's pretty interesting, and you can see with the players. I mean, they're struggling to, to kind of deal with the fact that right now their fan base seems to be pitted, you know, focused on fighting each other rather than kind of stepping behind the team and focusing on the season. Now at training camp, uh, give us an idea. How many protesters were there? Was there a big turnout, or was it really not that big at the end of the day? Oh no, it was, it was pretty sizable. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like the federal courthouse, uh, you know, in Virginia. That that was you know something else entirely. But I, I think the one thing that you did see here, you know, I had a chance to talk to some people who were at the courthouse. They said it was almost all anti-Vic. Well, that wasn't the case at, at training camp. When I first arrived, there were probably about three hundred people uh, out there. There were about five squad cars that closed down the street right in front of the Falcons' uh, training facility. And, you know, really, it, it was about a 50-50 split. You had about 150 people stand on one, one side of the, the entrance to, to the Falcons' facility, all, you know, had pro-Vic signs, wearing jerseys, and, you know, had their own chants. And, and then you kind of had the other half that were obviously very anti-Vic, all had the, the anti-Michael Vic signs, and they were kind of, you know, throwing his jersey about, and they had their chance going but it was I mean it was quite a turnout and I think the most interesting thing of all though had to be when uh, you know at one point the, a plane with a gigantic banner behind it started to circle the practice field that said uh, uh, something to the effect of 
uh, how about a new uh, new team name, uh, Dog Killers? Ooh. And, uh, you know, I, I think the players, I think they were a little bit surprised by the turnout, but I think they were really surprised by the playing. You know, at, at one point, Algie Crumpler kind of joked, the tight end for the Atlanta Falcons, he said, you know, I think kept circling. I was waiting for it to run out of gas. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he and uh, many others in the Falcons organization are waiting for that to happen. I'm joined by Charles Robinson. He's Yahoo Sports' NFL reporter. Charles, uh, Michael Vick was in court this week. His trial date is now set for November 26th. He's hired famed attorney Billy Martin. If you don't know who Billy Martin is, he got Jason Williams, uh, NBA star, off for manslaughter charges. So uh, where do we stand from a legal standpoint with Mike Vick going forward? Well, you know, Billy Martin, a very good trial attorney. I mean, I would dare say, you know, one of the best in the business. And, I, you know, I don't cover the business regularly, but, you know, even as a sports reporter, I know his reputation. I mean, you're talking about top-notch representation. And, you know, from what I had heard, you know, right after they had left the courthouse, um, you know, after Mike entered his plea, you know, they're going to go to the mattress on this. There's no doubt they, they pled not guilty. They want to duke this out in court. And the reality is, you know, you're, you're talking about a jury trial where essentially, and Billy Martin knows this, he only needs to get one person on that jury. Obviously, the goal is, is to find that, you know, to get a, a verdict, you know, get him declared innocent. But it, if he can't get that done, he really only needs to get one person on that jury who is, is in favor of Michael Vick, who believes Michael Vick, and, and push for a hung jury. And, you know, Billy Martin has done that in the past. And, and I think, you know, like I said, if you're going to get someone – you go and you get the best trial lawyer you can find. I think Michael Vick has done that. And, you know, I know the, the trial has been uh, kind of scooted up pretty quickly to November, so we're going to see this all come to a head pretty quickly. Hey, the dogfighting probe that surrounded Vick, it's had a huge impact on the NFL, uh, the yeah. Falcons, Vick sponsors. Let's start with the Falcons. Earlier this week, Arthur Blank has a press conference, and he looks like he's at his wit's end uh, he signed Mike Vick to a 10-year, $130 million contract a few years ago. He paid $37 million up front. What is Arthur Blank, what are the Falcons thinking right now about Michael Vick? Will he ever play for them again? Well, you know, you're talking about Arthur Blank, who has been, you know, the number one supporter of Michael Vick. I mean, every time Michael Vick has gotten into any kind of a scrape, Arthur Blank has always been the first guy to step out and say, hey, we're standing behind our guy. You know, uh, this is the quarterback of the Falcons franchise. I think, you know, I happened to be present at that press conference, and you saw a guy who was conflicted. You know, he was asked several times, do you want Michael Vick to be on this team? And he never answered it, you know, he never answered yes or no. I mean, he was always kind of dancing around, right. you know, we'll see what happens with the trial. And so I, I think clearly you're looking at Arthur Blank as being very disappointed. And also from a business aspect, people have to remember, he paid $500 billion dollars for these Falcons, and he has done nothing but upgrade all the amenities. He's on. He signed big free agents. He's done everything to make this team a success. And really, his biggest investment now, you know, could corrupt everything. And not only his Falcons investment, but the fact is, you know, Arthur Blank. You're talking about the the Home Depot mogul, a guy who has other businesses, and you know, is sitting there thinking, hey, this could reflect on my other businesses. This is Peter is already talking about picketing. You know, uh, Arthur Blank's other businesses, they've picketed his business office already here in Atlanta. So that's negative attention that, you know, a, a smart-minded businessman never wants. So, you know, will Michael Vick be in, a, in an Atlanta Falcons jersey? 
I think it all has to do with what you know the timing of the decision. If the team decides they have to make a decision before this trial is done, I don't think so. I think they cut ties with Michael Vick. They deal with the salary cap implications, which could be pretty dire in 2008. But I think if they wait throughout this trial, I think the trial will make ultimately you know make the decision for them. I think if Michael Vick is is found guilty. Uh, obviously, there's going to be, you know, a jail term, and, and that kind of makes the decision for the Falcons. Or if he pleads out, I think if he pleads out, there's a possibility the Falcons could also cut him in that in that situation. But the one thing I think you have to you have to really look at here, with how this has all been handled, the fan base. I mean, 50, you're probably looking at about 50 percent of the fan base has come out hard against Vic. You've got an owner who has really not been able to answer whether or not he wants to continue to have relationship with his team and Michael Vick, I think even if he's declared innocent or there's a hung jury, I think you have to look at what is, how's Michael, Michael Vick going to feel about this? Does he want to return to the city of Atlanta? So I think if you had to put percentages on it, chances are Michael Vick will not be in Atlanta Falcons uniform ever again. Charles, let's look at this from the league level. Roger Goodell comes out this week and says, don't bother reporting to training camp. Obviously, the commissioner has been very aggressive since he's become commissioner with player right. conduct. We've seen Pac-Man Jones, Chris Henry, Tank Johnson. What is going to happen now? Do you think there's a chance that Mike Vick may be suspended before this thing even goes to trial in November? Yes, absolutely I do. And you're, you're absolutely right. You look at Roger Goodell's history. He's stuck to his guns. Odell Thurman, another guy, a Cincinnati Bengals linebacker. That I, as far as I know, everyone in the league thought he would be reinstated this week. Roger Goodell comes out and says, you know what, it's not happening. He's going to sit out all of 2007 as well. So uh, no doubt, hardcore stance. And I think for Roger Goodell to even step out and say, you know what, you can't show up to training camp already shows you there's a possibility that absolutely Michael Vick could be suspended for the length of the season. But, you know, we have to see what exactly happens with the NFL investigation. I'll say this, NFL security has been very, very closely involved to the federal investigation has been, you know, somewhat in touch with uh, the, uh, the Virginia uh, prosecutor on a local level, the Surrey County prosecutor. But I think a lot of this is going to have to do with the exchange of information with federal, you know, the federal prosecutors and and sort of getting a feel for what details are going to emerge once, um, you know, once everything comes out in court. But the one thing I'll say about this: when he sent that letter to Michael Vick, notifying him he would not be allowed to show up for training camp. There was a line in there that said, we expect Michael Vick, you know, essentially to, to cooperate fully with our investigation. That may not happen. I have a very good feeling that, uh, you know, Billy Martin is going to instruct Michael Vick, look, keep your mouth closed. You need to deal with this trial. You don't need to deal with the NFL right now. You don't want anyone else getting into your business and having things leaked. So, you know, that may right there preclude any, any return by Michael Vick, I, I have a feeling that if he doesn't cooperate, Roger Goodell is probably going to step out and say, you know what, until you cooperate, you're, you're suspended indefinitely. Charles, last thing I wanted to discuss with you, and I think it's been vastly underreported this week, let's go back to 2001. John Butler is the general manager. He's now deceased of the San Diego Chargers. Right. The Chargers had the number one pick in the draft. They right. couldn't get a deal done with Michael Vick. The Chargers trade the number one pick in the draft to Atlanta for the number five pick in Tim Dwight. The number five pick becomes LaDainian Tomlinson. He's now the reigning MVP. The guy's making great news this offseason for doing charitable things. He did something with a hospital this week. It couldn't have worked out any better for the San Diego Chargers, could it? 
No, I really couldn't. And, and you know, it, it, because of the fact they couldn't really work things out with Vic and, and they didn't, you know, feel great going in that direction, don't forget Drew Brees became quarterback in the second round that they focused on, and that was a guy who, although he's not there now, helped sort of start that turnaround of that franchise. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I can remember a few years ago, uh, even, you know, as – as soon as two years ago, arguing with people over who who sort of walked out of that trade with the with you know having won it, and and obviously you go back to the point where the the Atlanta Falcons advanced to the NFC Championship game. I think a lot of people felt well, you know, Michael Vick is rounding into form. If they can win, they can be a Super Bowl team with him at the helm. You know, and I think then a lot of people looked and said, hey, Michael Vick, they should have gone with him. That's the guy. Well, now that you've been able to see what LaDainian Tomlinson has been able to do, fastest to 100 rushing touchdowns, faster than any other running back, a guy who now is sort of entering that pantheon of all-time greats, Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith territory, absolutely. I think you have to look at the Chargers as, as winning that deal in a cakewalk, not only from the fact of production on the field, but, hey, you know what? They haven't had to deal with any of this Michael Vick negativity, and I guarantee you that makes them huge winners on this next Charles, thank you so much for taking time this week to join us from Atlanta. Again, you can read Charles's stuff at yahoosports.com. Let's catch up again uh, as this all progresses. Uh, have a great week. Absolutely. Call me anytime. Thank you very much. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm looking for a place to have dinner with family, friends, or business associates, there's only one restaurant on my list. Morton's The Steakhouse, the best steak anywhere. In its 28th year in business, Morton serves only the finest quality foods, featuring USDA prime-age beef, fresh seafood, hand-picked produce, and decadent desserts prepared to perfection. Not to mention the award-winning wine list. When my destination is Morton's, the best is always on the menu. And they treat me like a VIP during every visit, whether in the dining room or the private boardrooms. With almost 75 restaurants conveniently located around the world, Morton's is the gold standard when it comes to steakhouses. To find the Morton's nearest you or to make a reservation, go online to mortons.com. Morton's, the best steak anywhere and the official steakhouse of Sports Business Radio. One-on-one with those making the big-time decisions that impact your sport. This is Sports Sense on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. My guest is Rick Buecher. He's a good friend of the show. He's ESPN's NBA insider. Rick, thanks for making time to join us during this very busy week in the NBA. My pleasure. Busy week, crazy week, disappointing week, deflating week. It's uh, certainly a, a monstrous week, all all told, for the for the NBA and anybody who's involved with it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, we all know about the Tim Donaghy situation. Rick, the first question I've got to ask you is the NBA put a number of different firewalls in place to try and protect itself from a gambling scandal. Commissioner Sturden told us earlier in the week, you know, they've got relationships with the FBI, the Secret Service, the U.S. Army. They talk to Homeland Security. They've got people who they retain to monitor movements or trends on betting on games in Las Vegas. How did something like this happen? Obviously, those firewalls are not strong enough and that their relationships with people do not reach far enough. Certainly, 
they have those relationships with people in law enforcement. But in some ways, as I'm told that other leagues have, you need to go to the dark side. You need to have contacts on the illegal side of, of gambling to be able to truly monitor what's going on. And I dare say that I, I have to question exactly when they talk about uh, people that are in Vegas or uh, legal uh, bookies, the, the veracity of those guys, because there's been some information that's come out that has indicated that games that Donaghy uh, officiated have been uh, suspect in terms of people who watch these betting lines closely. So uh, obviously they need to do more. Uh, and, and when you talk about their, uh, how closely they look at the referees as far as what they do from the inside in terms of keeping statistics on them, reviewing their performances, uh, there is no league that has more uh, scrutiny than the NBA. But this clearly shows that that type of scrutiny is not going to be good enough. It's not going to be foolproof as far as protecting you from somebody who decides to uh, manipulate games for their own profit. You know, it's funny you talk about that because Commissioner Stern in the press conference earlier in the week talked about, you know, we think we do everything we can short of putting 24-7 surveillance on these people to safeguard against something like this, and he said it still fell short. Are you saying that we need to head more in the 24-7 surveillance direction, or is that a little drastic? No, the the protection that they need is not from the inside because – my point is that uh, NBA refs in particular, more so than uh, NFL or Major League Baseball, and certainly I hear more criticism about, maybe that's because I cover the league, but I hear a lot of criticism about NBA refs and what they don't do right. There is no official who has a more difficult job, who has more subjective calls to make, in an allotted period of time than an NBA ref. Uh, ref uh, officiating Major League Baseball or, or the, uh, the football, uh, National Football League comes nowhere close to the difficulty and the challenge uh, presented to NBA refs. And uh, they are scrutinized to the nth degree as far as the number of calls they make, uh, checking videotape. It's the outside. It is looking at their relationships to people outside of the league, and I dare say it would help the league tremendously if they had a better relationship with their referees. I cannot believe that no one among the referees union or the other referees had any indication, uh, did not have any indication, that something was amiss with Tim Donaghy. But because the relationship between the referees and the league is somewhat fractious, I also doubt that anybody would be very quick to come to the league or come to David Stern or, or any of the powers that be and say, you know what, I don't really have anything, but you need to take a look at this guy. It's not that kind of relationship. I believe that it should be, and I also believe that it could be. So, Rick, let me ask you this. Commissioner Stern said, and he, boy, he, he really harped on this, June 20th, that was the date that he knew that something was going on. There have been reports that said that the league may have known about this previously. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk this week about how someone like Donaghy could be refereeing in the playoffs, especially a pivotal game like a Game 3 in the Suns-Spurs series. 
Do you think the league had any insight, or do you believe that June 20th, that's the first time they heard of this? I believe that June 20th may have been the first time that they heard of the exact nature of, of these allegations and the fact that the FBI was investigating. But did they have, a, did they have earlier indications that there were some questions about Donaghy's gambling uh, habits or that uh, there, was, there was some innuendo that, that he was a gambler, which by, if, you, if you read the, the bylaws for, for officials of the NBA, you basically technically are not allowed to bet on anything. And so do, do I believe that they were aware that Donaghy could, be ha- could have a potential problem? They were aware of that well before June 20th because they did some investigation themselves. It proved to be fruitless, but certainly, and, and I wasn't aware of it, but in talking to referees since then, uh, people had indications that there could be problems, that he could have a problem. So uh, as far as these particular uh, accusations, sure, June 20th was the day. But as far as that Tim might have an issue and might be a gambler, they knew about it well before June 20th. My guest is Rick Buecher. He's ESPN's NBA insider. You know, Rick, you bring up a really interesting point. I used to work for an NBA team, and day one on the job, when you're going through orientation, they give you an employee handbook, and it specifically prohibits any employee of any team or the NBA from gambling on anything, just like you just mentioned. Well, guess what? I was just in Las Vegas at the Summer League a few weeks ago. I walked through the casinos. There's NBA executives, coaches, players. They're gambling. I go to horse races sometimes. There's people at the horse races. Gambling is rampant in the NBA and in other leagues, but if you were going to rule by the letter of the law, I'm saying you'd have like 15% of the league left. Yeah, you, you couldn't. Well, certainly I don't know of anything as far as players are concerned uh, in, the, in the player's standard contract that prohibits them from, from gambling. Uh, as far as being in a casino or going to a racetrack. I know there are warnings as far as that's concerned. I also am aware, I mean, I'll be honest, I I was with USA Basketball uh, when we went to uh, Puerto Rico for the pre-Olympic qualifying nearly 10 years ago now, and we all stayed in, uh, in in a hotel that had its own casino, and everybody, uh, Team USA, NBA front office officials, everybody was in there uh, every night together, and there was never anything said. I don't uh, – here's the issue. I, I don't know that you'll ever – and this is why I believe that, uh, you know, judging from the inside and keeping track from the inside really works. You need to have uh, people placed on the outside. You need to have uh, investigators. You need to have elements outside of your own league that are watching the relationships uh, that evolve between the people involved in your, in your league and, and other people. And, and here's the bottom line. Uh, as I understand it, gambling is a disease, much like uh, alcoholism, much like drug addiction, uh, you name it. And you're never going to be fully protected from someone who decides to, uh, or someone who, who has one of those diseases and will go to any lengths to practice it. Uh, it's, it's going to happen. The, the only thing that you can do is, uh, is try to detect it as early as possible, 
and have no doubts that if somebody, in a case like Tim, where there were certainly suspicions, you need to go the extra, uh, the extra mile and uh, either get them into treatment or say, you know what, we have these uh, suspicions. We can't, we cannot jeopardize our entire operation because of these suspicions. We're going to have to put you on suspension, or we're going to have to put you for for you to continue. We are going to have to have extraordinary uh, checks and balances on you. And if you're not party with that, then uh, then we we simply can't have you in our employ anymore. It sounds drastic. It sounds harsh. It sounds big brotherly. But would you look at the damage that has been created uh, as far as the NBA? And we don't even know yet what that the, the extent of that damage. When you look at that. Uh, if, if you're the NBA, why would you not try to take ex- as extreme measures as you possibly can? Well, I totally agree with what you just said, and I guess the bottom line for me is that because sports has become or gambling has become so rampant in sports, what mm-hmm. happens is you've got a guy like Tim Donaghy or you've got a player, someone directly involved with the outcome of a game, and they get themselves sideways with gambling, and you just describe yeah. the sickness that it is. And what happens is the only way they can right the ship is yeah. by getting in bed with the people, whether it's the mob, the, yeah. the bookies, whoever it is, so they can get out of debt. Then they yeah. ultimately turn to the dark side, like you said, and they uh, affect the outcome of the game. So how the NBA and how these other leagues can affect uh, or keep these players and referees and coaches from going rogue, that's really going to be the big issue as I see it going forward. No question. And here's the thing. You know, people have also raised the point, well, you know, if, if, if you're making, they should be making more money or can you, can, can you protect yourself that way? Again, as I understand it, gambling is a, is a disease and it's an addiction. And no matter how much money you're, you're, you, you make, it's not about the financial security. It's about the the thrill that you get from 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 betting. So the more you make, apparently, uh, the more you're going to gamble to uh, to to get that 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 sensation. And that's what they that's what they have to look at. So uh, I, I agree with you. It's uh, I, I don't know that there's any uh, fail safe and. The, you just have to count on the integrity of the people that you're hiring, and you have to be very careful who you have in your circle. And, I, and I, one last thing, uh, it remains to be seen exactly. And in, in talking to referees, referees and being able to influence a game and being able to determine a specific outcome, it's very difficult. It is far easier for a coach or a player to be able to manipulate, even when it comes to point spreads, because ultimately, uh, as a referee, you can't make a call unless something is there to be called. You can't guarantee that somebody uh, is going to have the ball or is going to do a certain thing that allows you uh, to blow your whistle without it being, I mean, you just can't, as they're bringing the ball down court, you can't just call three seconds. Yeah, I mean, you, it, it's, you're, you're still at the mercy of the players and the teams, and that's why I'll be really interested to see exactly how many games and what, uh, if anything, that Tim Donaghy did to uh, impact uh, the outcome of a game and how successful it was, because it sounds like, and, and I've even had owners tell me, oh, it would be easy. Well, in talking to referees and having done a little officiating myself, it's, it's not. You're, you're still at the mercy of the game, 
to be able to, uh, to, to influence things. And you're talking about somebody who's trying to make a particular outcome uh, with two other referees and ten players on the floor. It's simply not that easy. I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to see exactly what Donna G was able to uh, assure uh, the people on the other side that he'd be capable of doing. Rick, last question before I let you go. You know, I spoke with a few friends of mine. They work for NBA teams this week who, by the way, they're all under strict gag orders from the league. None of them could talk to me on the record. But I took an informal poll to see if any of them had any season ticket holders or any sponsors, anyone associated with the business side of their team that called this week and said, you know what, I want nothing to do with you anymore. This is not authentic. I want away from the NBA. And all of them do. A person told me they haven't received any of those calls. In the long term, we know what this means for the NBA in the short term, but in the long term, what does this mean for the league in your opinion? It'll be interesting. Certainly, certainly it has a mark on them that uh, I believe at the end of the day, the hardest part is going to be uh, by the referees themselves, that the abuse and the innuendo and the questions about their integrity, uh, they caught a lot of it before. Now with uh, apparently some proof that somebody has actually manipulated a game, uh, that that will only escalate and will be never-ending. But I, I believe that if the league approaches this the right way, uh, that everybody out there realizes that they are susceptible to this same thing. Uh, you know, all those advertisers, all those sponsors, all those, those marketing people, they have companies. They have to deal with these issues on their own, and they know what a, what a slippery slope it is. So I believe that's where the, uh, the, the empathy, if nothing else, is coming from, and the, you know what, we'll stand by you uh, as long as you're trying to, to, to correct this and, and find ways to fix it. But at, at the end of the day, it's going to be, uh, do people really believe in the integrity of the league? And by and large, I believe they do. As much as there is said, as much as uh, as much criticism as there as there is, uh, the game is still a great game, and uh, it's still a beautiful game, and you can't find it anyplace else. Uh, but uh, certainly, the league has to 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 reach out and do some fence mending on a lot of fronts, and 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 they probably needed to do that anyway, uh, re- regardless of whether this incident uh, came up or not. Now, this just makes it. Uh, far more of a uh, prerequisite to moving forward. Well, Rick, that's all the time we have. Guests appearing during our Sports Sense segment will be treated to the gold standard of all steakhouses. Morton's a steakhouse, the best steak anywhere. For the Morton's nearest you, go online to mortons.com. Rick, again, I know it's been a very busy week for you. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes to catch up with us. You got it, Brian. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm looking for custom fit fine clothing and personal service to match, I call my friend Brian Tacker with the Tom James Company. Tom James' highly trained sales professionals like Brian Tacker come directly to your home or office, saving you valuable time. Brian plans and coordinates my wardrobe so I am perfectly attired for any situation, whether it's a TV interview, a press conference, or a fundraiser. The Tom James Company offers over 500 suit fabrics and 250 shirt fabrics, and they carry all the accessories you'll need, from belts and ties to shoes and socks. The Tom James Company has been in business for over 40 years, and 80% of their business is generated from repeat customers. Call Brian Tacker today at 503-807-7000. 
888-789-7956 or find his information at sportsbusinessradio.com. Brian Tacker and the Tom James Company, the official fine clothing partner of Sports Business Radio. This is Sports Business Radio. Well, last week I told you about how you could order a ring from Jostens for winning the championship on Madden 2008. Well, this week we learned that Microsoft will place ads in several electronic arts video games, including Madden NFL 08, NASCAR 08, NHL 08, Tiger Woods PGA Tour 08, and Skate. This is all according to Reuters. Microsoft last year bought Massive, which is a company that acts as a broker between advertisers and game publishers for $200 million. The EA deal is a significant win for Microsoft. They're trying to build an early lead over rivals such as Google, which purchased video game ad service Adscape in March for reported $23 million. Nathan, this is going to change the way we watch video games. Well, you're no longer safe. I mean, we, we rent movies nowadays, and you can't even watch a movie without a movie trailer or an advertisement. Now video games, you're going to be seeing ads. And I don't play video games that often, but when I do, they already take long enough to load on the disc and everything. Now I'm going to watch a couple ads before I even get there. This is very frustrating for me and for gamers, I'm sure. So, quickly, Nathan, congratulations on your marriage. How was the honeymoon? Honeymoon was fantastic. Went down to Belize, saw a couple howler monkeys. I thought of you, Brian, when I saw those howler monkeys up in the trees, but uh, certainly a great time. Uh, Bobby and I, while you were gone, we uh, watched some gymnastics, and uh, we thought of you. So, uh, your wedding was very good. It was very classy, and it was great to see the slideshow with uh, the young uh, gymnast that was uh, Nathan Rose. Don't, don't you forget the swimsuit the when I was in my Speedo, too. That was also gorgeous. I actually missed that, and it's a good thing because I would be scarred for life if I had seen that. Lots of thank yous on this week's show. Rick Buecher from ESPN, Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports, our show staff, Nathan Roach, Bobby Corser, Josh Blank, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. Our sponsors, Morton's The Steakhouse, the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon, and ProTrade.com, a podcast reminder. You can catch our show anytime you want on demand via podcast. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com and click on the podcast page. Check out our newly designed website at sportsbusinessradio.com. Keep up with breaking sports business stories on the blog. As I said earlier in the show, got some good ideas about how we can change security in sports. Check that entry out if you would. I'm Brian Berger for Nathan Roach and Bobby Corser. We will see you next week. You've been listening to Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. When people come to a Suns game, what kind of an experience do you want it to be for them? We want them to be entertained from the time they walk in to the time they leave. The co-owner of the Sacramento Kings, Gavin Maloof. Gavin, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Brian. How are you? Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. Sports Business Radio. Saturday. That's why you're a smart business person. (laughs) Or at sportsbusinessradio.com.